This podcast is brought to you by Voice of Vets. Voice of Vets. Hear it. Feel it. Feel it. Right Feel now, it. it's top 35. We're actually going to get to our favorite features, right? Which is called Future Beats, right? And we're going to be having um, a very special person on the line, right? And I'm just going to introduce him a little bit. I mean, what a thesis of... Um, kind of achievements he's had, should I call it. So we're going to be speaking to Kanyiso Madlala, right? And he is a clinical psychologist. Um, he's also an LGBTQI plus affirmative therapist. And he kind of has interest in areas in terms of practice and academia in sexuality and gender diversity. And he's also affiliated with the Psychological Society of South Africa and part of the Sexuality and Gender Division of the LGBTQI plus Human Rights Project. And Kanyiso, a warm welcome to you to that lunch show. Thank you very much, and thank you for having me on air today. It's lovely to have you indeed. So, I just want to say that uh, it's World Mental Health Day actually today, right? And I want you to kind of, I, I feel like it's, it's always important to kind of explain. So, how can we describe what mental, how mental health affects people or what mental, health, mental illness is, right? So, somebody who maybe does not know, can you just um, kind of touch or kind of briefly explain that? Mm. Um, so thank you for, for that question. I think for, for some time now I've been uh, doing these interviews on differentiating between mental health and mental illness. Yes. Because people always struggle to, to differentiate those two terms. Indeed. Uh, so I'm not going to look at mental health, I'm just going to go straight to mental illness. Um, and in this case, when we speak about mental illness, we're speaking about um, obviously negative, negative changes in cognitive and emotional uh, functioning of an individual. Mm. Um, and, and mental illnesses I, I have to be um, diagnosed by a licensed and trained professional. Uh, now, obviously, we don't have uh, time and space to discuss all the different mental illnesses that we, you know, uh, that we have, yeah. which range to the thousands, actually, if you think about it. Um, but some of the more common uh, mental illnesses that we have seen, especially within the South African population, would be issues like your depression, your anxiety, mm. uh, your substance uh, substance abuse, or normally uh, commonly known as addiction. Mm. Um, um, post-traumatic stress disorder and all those. So that's what we normally see amongst the adult population. So that's what we're speaking about when we speak about mental illnesses is those diagnosable psychological and psychiatric conditions. All right. I actually, I feel like as well, I've also kind of now learned how to differentiate those, right? But now um, we want to actually speak about mental illness in the workplace, right? Mm. So how would that affect people in the workplace in general? Mm. Let's say someone with a mental illness, how, how does that affect them generally in terms of work maybe their productivity um yes how can you get us through that Mm. Well, I think it's quite important uh, to look at it because, uh, you know, the average South African spends, you know, at least eight hours of their day in the workplace when yes. employed. So mm. it's quite important to look at, you know, how does, you know, mental, poor mental health or mental illness then, you know, come into play when you're looking at, you know, the relationship between the individual and the workplace. Mm. Now, if you're looking at an individual at work who is struggling from mental illness, it could be any form of mental illness or it could be any form of psychological disorder. It could be a depression, it could be an anxiety, it could be a trauma, it could be a substance abuse. Um, what we see, or what the, 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 the typical outcomes then of poor mental health in the workplace, 
would be your decreased productivity in the workplace because, and, and this is linked to poor motivation, and we do know that individuals are struggling with mental illness. Mm. They have lessened or decreased motivation to wake up, to go to work, to do their tasks. So if a person has poor motivation, then obviously it is expected that their productivity is going to decrease. So this is number one. Um, we see increase in sleep-related absenteeism. Um, and, you know, for, for a very long time now, if you're looking at different studies that have been done in the area of mental health and mental illness, mm. there is a very strong link between poor mental health or mental illness uh, and physical illnesses, your medical okay, illnesses. Yes. So if a person is, you know, is, is consistently depressed or anxious, that negatively affects their immune system. It lowers mm. uh, their defenses against mental illnesses. So that's, what, that's why you find that if you're chronically stressed, you are at risk of, you know, being sick, you know, having a common flu most of the time, more than the, the general population, having your infectious disease, sure. your bronchitis, your throat infection, all of those things. So if people are not stressed, they are more likely to, 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 to um, experience physical illnesses. And mm. if people are sick, it means they can't go to work. So you are seeing that, you know, loss of days uh, day at work or productivity in the yeah. because people are normally sick. Work, um, the, obviously, if you're looking at all those factors, we're looking at poor work quality um, and also looking at compromised work safety because if a person is struggling with mental illness, uh, it affects their concentration abilities at work. Um, for those who are working with machinery or difficult objects, then it, it compromises their awareness and their alertness um, mm. ability to be alert of, you know, is there danger here? Am I going to cause danger, uh, you know, with, with this equipment? So th- th- those are some of the things that we see in the workplace that, you know, uh, affects the overall productivity in the workplace. Yeah, and can you say right? Um, I want to go back to what you said. Maybe increased levels of stress or the environment kind of in co- causing that anxiety, right? With with mm. that happening, and then obviously um, maybe developing a, a mental illness, or a, um, I don't know if I'm saying the right with a mental illness, but like, can a, can somebody be fired for that, right? Can somebody kind of let go? Like, you know what? You're not really as productive as possible, so we have to let you go. Can that happen? Is it right for it to happen? Mm. So, so that's quite a, a tricky question. Yeah. I think answering this, I'm going to start with what the, the World Health um, Organization has said. And, you know, they have said that, you know, in the year, between the year 2020 and the year 2030, depression as a mental illness will be the leading mm. cause of disability. So we're starting to look, we're shifting our focus now and then saying, you know, having a mental illness is part, is also a form of disability. Yeah. Because it severely okay. uh, mm. limits the individual's ability to engage in productive activities. Um, so if you're thinking about mental illness in that light, then, you know, you cannot really get fired from the workplace because those would be the grounds of discrimination. Yes. They can't fire you mm. from having a mental illness, per se. But again, there, there are certain factors, you know, that you know, we have to also work around. And if you're looking at, um, I'm going to model this on the U.S. legislation. If you're looking at the U.S. legislation, one cannot decide from the workplace from having a mental illness. But what are some of the factors that, you know, have to be considered then, you know, uh, does this person then pose an increased risk to, the empl- to other employees in the workplace? 
So let us take a general example. For an example, a person who who is who drives, you know, machinery or who controls dangerous machinery as their occupation, mm. and that person has a substance abuse problem. We know that addiction or substance abuse is a form of mental illness. If that person then comes to get intoxicated or high. Do they then pose danger to other people in the yes, workplace? Yes, okay. And if that person poses danger, what reasonable steps have been taken by the employer to ensure that that person has been provided with adequate intervention mm. to address that? So I think the employer would then have to show what this person presented with these difficulties and these steps were taken to ensure that this person receives adequate um, health uh, or intervention. Mm. And if all that fails, then, you know, what else are we left with? You know, do we let this person go? Do we keep this person, although they pose danger to themselves and potentially to other people in the workplace? So it's a very tricky, you know, situation to navigate. And, I mean, I, think, I don't think there is a clear, a straightforward answer to say, you know, do this that is how we do it or not. But mm. looking at all the intricate factors that then play out as a result of the mental illness. Yes. And I mean, it goes without saying that we definitely need to have awareness, right, of um, mm. mental health or mental um, illnesses in general. So <clears throat> with with workplaces, right, um, mm. do companies or should I say the human resources ha- have a sort of responsibility to support employees with mental health? And also just in the general as, as maybe a workmate or um a colleague. So how do we also support those with mental health illnesses, right? So it's, it's, it goes without saying that, yes, we need to be aware of it, but how do we go about uh, supporting them as colleagues? But is there also a rightful responsibility by management, such as human resources, as or the company as a whole, to have responsibility in taking care or um, supporting employees with mental health? Mm. So, you know, if you're looking at mental um, illness, and I think over the years, you know, uh, this concept, or, or there has been a strong realization uh, that, you know, mental illness um, negatively impacts uh, the individual's work life or work mm. quality and their quality of life, um, same way as your physical illnesses would. So if we're looking at mental illness within that perspective, then then the answer is absolutely yes. So human resources and workplaces have have a responsibility to ensure that they promote mental health in the workplace. And they have a responsibility of managing then mm. mental illness in the workplace. Um, so I mean, if you're looking at uh, companies, all companies, they would have your disease management plan. If a person is sick, how do we intervene? If you have to go for surgery, you know, what are steps that are taken to ensure that this person is supported? So the very same disease management plan that needs to be applied to people who are struggling with mental illness. Mm. If a person is struggling from depression or anxiety or trauma and they're not coping in their place, what necessary steps have to be taken? Do we maybe... Um, to the workplaces create a network with psychologists and psychiatrists and GPs to say, okay, this is our network that we're going to work with. We're going to refer to these people for maybe diagnostics or assessment intervention. Uh, do, we re- do we refer to a rehabilitation center if there's need for admission? So those are some of the things that need to be incorporated by HR um, divisions and by companies into their disease management work plan. These are the steps that, can, that we will take ensure that we assist people um, who are struggling for mental illness. So yes, they are responsible and they, they have to implement um, those kinds of, of plans. 
And if you're looking at, you know, the other question of how do we then support a colleague mm. um, who is struggling for mental illness, you know, my response to that would be, let us rather maybe play a more proactive role. And when I say a proactive role, I'm talking about encouraging people in, 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 in organizations and companies to create this uh, uh, organizational culture where people can feel free to speak about their emotional oh, and cognitive yes, difficulties. Yes. Um, if the general culture in the workplace is, is, about, is, is about stigmatizing mental illnesses, calling people by sign, all those things, mm. if that is the language used in the workplace of destigmatization and discrimination and othering, then, you know, people when they struggle with depression or anxiety, they're not going to feel comfortable and safe to say to their colleagues, you know what, I'm struggling with this, I'm struggling with anxiety, I'm, I can't sleep, I'm seeing things, I'm hearing things. They won't be in a comfortable position to say that. So I think being proactive enough in creating that organizational culture where people can safely speak about this thing. Yes. And when they do speak about this thing, creating an environment where they can be listened and heard without being judged or marginalized or oh, othered. Most definitely. I think this is what you know, organizations can do because sometimes people don't you know they they don't want to they don't want to speak about what they're going through so it's very, going to be very difficult for you to go and face your colleague tell them what you're going through but if the culture is conducive then you know the mere fact that the culture is conducive and people are supportive will go a long way um mm. with regard to that person so just to kind of wrap it up right i want to kind of like flip the coin right so let's actually say the workplace is the one contributing to your mental illness right so not necessarily that maybe you had developed it from maybe something that's happened in your past or maybe something in your personal life what if it's something in the workplace that's contributing um to your mental illness what should happen how can what's the message you can send to that person like you know what this is what you should do mm-hmm. so you know when we look from the that perspective, we really need to look at it from the organizational perspective because uh, if the workplace is the cause of you know the emotional difficulty, yeah. then the only way that you know we can alleviate the, that employee's emotional difficulties is by changing the entire organizational culture or how the organization is functioning. So I think from the, the looking at it from that perspective, we'll see how can we change the organization? How can we eliminate um, this? These, these factors, maybe the stigma, the discrimination, mm. how can we eliminate how, you know, the bosses interact with their employees. Um, but, you know, the difficult thing from that perspective, what is the employee, him or herself or they, do not have power then of changing that. So it is up to, you know, the senior management to change the way that the organization functions. Um, it's, it's their prerogative then to promote uh, a conclusive work culture um, that employees, um, you know, can feel comfortable uh, working in. Oh, yes. So it's, it's looking from that perspective. And then what we can do for the individual is to work with the individual in terms of giving them, you know, effective coping tools or coping strategies to be able to cope with what is happening in their lives. You know, the therapy, uh, your physical activities, eating healthy, reducing drug intake, maintaining positive connections. We can work, we can empower the individual to be able to cope with the stressors at work. But the problem with that is that, you know, if the, the stressor continues, so this person is consistently exposed to the same stressor, then, you know, it becomes very difficult uh, because it feels like we, we're working, you know, um, 
counteractively to, to what we're trying to do with the colleagues. We are empowering them, but their bosses are continuously putting them down. It cancels out most of the effort. So the effort is about, you know, helping the individual, but also promoting an organizational culture that is going to be conducive for the individual. Oh, so much. Thank you so much. So much. So much you have said and so much you definitely unpack. And these are conversations we like to have, right? Kind of creating that awareness and not shying away from what's really happening. That's the reality of right, of what's happening in the workplaces. So thank you so much, Kanisa, for coming um, and kind of like opening those uh, tin of beans that need to be spilt, right? So thank you so Absolutely. much for that. Thank you very much. Have a good me. afternoon. Same to you. So that was Kanyiso, um, um, let me get his name right, Kanyiso Madala, who came over, right, he's a clinical psychologist and also part of the Sexuality and Gender Diversity um, uh, Psychology Society of South Africa and just kind of open up that uh, tin of beans. When I say tin of beans, it's uh, mental uh, illnesses, right, but mental illnesses in the workplace. So kind of saying how we can support as colleagues, how companies or management can also go about in supporting um, people who suffer from mental illness. I mean, it is World um, Mental Health Day today, and we have been celebrating Mental Health Month in general. So thank you so much, Kanisa. And uh, so if you want us to carry those conversations, right, we can still have them on Twitter at VowFM and use hashtag that lunch show and kind of also share maybe your experiences about how it's been for you um maybe uh suffering from a mental illness or maybe you know someone maybe ways that we can also kind of implement our strategies and ideas um to support people um with mental illnesses this podcast was brought to you by voice of vids by voice of vids to hear more of our shows tune in to 88.1 or streams by www.vafm.co.za